0: Go with God. God's going to sit this one out. I leave this as a declaration of intent, so no one will be confused. One, sic vis pacum parabellum, Latin. The boot camp sergeant made us recite it like a prayer. Sic vis pacum parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. two, Frank Castle is dead. He died with his family. Number three, in certain extreme situations, the law is inadequate. In order to shame its inadequacy, it is necessary to act outside the law to pursue natural justice. This is not vengeance. Revenge is not a valid motive. It's an emotional response.
1: No, not vengeance. Punishment. Welcome to Sweet Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMissounis. How's everybody doing today? Welcome back. It's been a month. I know. I apologize. But I brought in a special guest with me today. Mr. Jason, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you today, sir?
2: I am doing okay. Pretty tired. I stayed out really late last night.
1: Oh, so that's why you needed to wait till later to record. Is that the truth behind it, sir?
2: No, I had a bunch of stuff to do today. So I stayed out really late last night and then had to wake up early and go do a bunch of stuff. And then after we're done recording, I'm going to a friend's wedding. And then after that, I have to pack for a trip.
1: Oh, man, I I feel sorry for you, man. I was hoping... That, you know you would have some rest today, man. I, I do feel bad because it sucks, man. When you're trying to do everything and you're just dragging, it's a terrible feeling, man. I feel bad for you. I really do. Yeah, what
2: are you gonna do? That's
1: life. Uh, not a whole lot, but I do want to thank you, sir, so much for joining me today. Um, I guess I should kind of get into this a little bit. Uh, Jameson hates The Punisher, and you. It's crazy. I know he's stupid. <laughs> And you, sir, are the only person that I know that loves the movie as much as I do. And, you know, I know you've never talked about it and I've never talked about it. And it's been one hell of a week for me. So it just kind of seemed perfect to want to review The Punisher. And, you know, our time's worked out and I'm glad you're able to come on. And we can basically show some love to this movie that gets a lot of crap from a lot of people. And I'm excited about that today, man.
2: Yeah, it's... You know, The Punisher is a movie that was made before the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe got kicked off. It was owned by a different production company altogether, and so it doesn't have the same kind of feel as the Marvel Studios films. But I think that's part of its charm to me. Yeah. It's one of the one of the reasons I kind of like it.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's been a it's been about a month. Uh, June third was the last episode to come out. And in all honesty, it was just a bunch of, uh, you know, vacations and, and appointments and stuff like that. You know, it was essentially we wanted to all get together to do Stand By Me. That didn't work. So we were like, oh, we'll do that in a few weeks. And then me and James are just like, yeah, let's do something. Uh, maybe a jam session. We don't really know. And then all of a sudden the crap hit the fan. And on Tuesday, I lost my job. And, uh, man, it it was a terrible thing. And I really, at that point was just like, you know, I'm, I'm down in the dumps. I'm feeling like the future is unknown what's going to happen. And especially with podcasting, you know, obviously podcasting costs money and I don't have disposable income anymore, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm like, do I really want to quit podcasting? So I I think at this point in the game, I'm more about making things just sporadic to see how just take it one day at a time. And this episode is special because of the fact of you know I was in a Punisher-type mood. And this is a movie I've wanted to talk about for a long time. You're finally on. The last time we talked was on Easy A. And I just thought it would be just a great special episode, all in all, because of such a crappy week I've had. So I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you today, sir. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Why don't we roll into some quick news. I got two things for you uh I'll save the good one for last uh the one thing I want to talk to you about is as we know with Fast and Furious 7 uh we had the big delay after the whole Paul Walker situation and I found out this week that they actually are moving up the date they're moving it to April 3rd and actually that's kind of good news because I would think that with this whole cgi technology that they're doing you know bringing in paul walker's two brothers cody who looks like a splitting image of paul walker his other bro- his other brother to do more of the body stuff i kind of thought maybe they would have a little more difficult with trying to do the whole face thing but since they moved it up a week i think things are going better than expected which is real exciting but i've been hearing news and i can't get confirmation nor denial from the studio yet if Cody's brother, uh, Paul Walker's brother Cody, is playing two parts, he's playing all the missing parts of Paul Walker, and then they're supposedly going to bring him in to be his brother and take on kind of his role. So, have you heard any of this stuff? I can't get confirmation on this. What they're going to do in this, you know, for the future?
2: Yeah, I've heard, I've seen the news reports and stuff, but it's been rumors. I haven't seen anything that said. Yeah, this is definitely happening, and I think production is kind of keeping it mum as well because I think the franchise as a whole is kind of still up in the air. Um, but the whole moving the movie up a week yeah. doesn't really surprise me. It it's not really a telltale sign that oh look everything's going easier than we thought. It's it's only a week. Yeah, true. If they had moved it up a couple of months, that would be something. But uh, I think it's most likely just uh, a way to position the film for a better release. And if uh, something's coming out at the same time or on that same weekend that would cause it to have to fight for box office money, it's a good reason to move it.
1: Yep, true enough. And the other thing is we finally got our first picture, which I know you are just as tired of talking, you know, Batman versus Superman as I am. But we did finally get to see a picture of Superman, and there's just slight altercations to the costume, and you, sir, are the expert. So, do you know all of the slight changes that have been made to the suit, sir?
2: Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, I'm I'm tired of talking about rumors about these movies. I, I have no interest in them half the time because... That's what they are—just rumors. We we don't get a whole lot of concrete news at this point because the movie's still being made. I mean, they're just started production not too long ago. Yep. Uh, but I do like talking about concrete news stuff, and you know, when we get a photo of something like the photo of Batman and Batmobile, that was awesome. And getting a first glimpse at the slightly redesigned Superman suit—that's pretty cool. Uh, the next one everybody's waiting for, and I think we're probably going to get a reveal at Comic Con, would be uh
1: wonder woman yeah i was gonna ask you when do you think that will be coming along but
2: uh comic-con probably that's the when i'm thinking it'll happen
1: how many weeks Uh, away is that
2: uh just a few cool it's in july and we're now into july so i think it's like in two or three weeks excellent but the superman suit looks good uh, they didn't change it very much, and it, it's hard to talk color when we're talking about a, such a stylized photo. Uh, much like the Batman photo that was in black and white, all it does is lead to people going, "Oh, the colors are darker, or the colors are lighter, or the colors are this different." I'm like, "Yeah, you can't really tell. It's a very stylized uh photo, so you can't really tell exactly what it's going to look like for sure." Right. Um, but. The S symbol, the, the S shield, is slightly different. There's a little bit more design within it. Uh, he, the neckline is slightly different. The belt, I think, is the biggest change. Instead of the oval that it was, it's like a square with what looks like to be another S shield inside of it. And, uh, you know, the cuffs on his suit are a little differently. The the ribbing on the side is a little different. The boots are slightly changed. But nothing that would probably draw your attention away from what's going on on screen. It's, It's not such a dramatic change that I think half the people that watch the movie won't even notice the change, to be honest.
1: Right. And I actually have seen, you know, just fan art of putting the Ben Affleck picture together with that one. And they actually really look good together, you know, standing next to each other, the way that they have everything designed with the suits and stuff. I really dig it. It's good. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, and I'm super looking forward to seeing what they do with the Wonder Woman suit because, you know, we don't really have anything to base it off of. Like, uh, we have Superman suits up the wazoo to be like, oh, it kind of looks like this one or it doesn't look at all like that one. Same thing with Batman. But with Wonder Woman, we haven't seen her on the big screen ever. And so really the only thing we have to compare her to, uh, you know, style-wise, is either a cartoon and a comic book image or, you know, Linda Carter from way back in the day. (laughs) Everything else is kind of, you know unofficial like you know they've got the tv show version that uh, went out a couple of years ago that costume is pretty horrendous <laughs> uh but other than that like they kind of have free reign to design it any way they want they don't they're not limited by having to pay homage to a specific design really yeah
1: yeah good point looking forward to it man i really am and i just i know she's been working out you know and i'm excited to see you know how how good she looks in the suit and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of internet hate, but I just, I'm open-minded and I just want to see what they deliver. And it, the past two pictures, you know, the Batman picture, the Superman picture looked really cool. I think they're going to do the same for Wonder Woman. I'm I'm pretty excited and just way open-minded. Just give me what you got. And, you know, I can't wait to see it. That's kind of where I'm at right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, sir, that being said, should we roll into the review of The Punisher, sir? Yeah, well. Let's do it.
0: Saints, you're not going to believe this. We're really sorry about your family.
3: What do you think he does? Maybe he's an artist.
0: Get everyone in, we're going hunting. It's not vengeance. No, it's not vengeance.
3: It's punishment. Call the Russian. sake!
0: Took everything from me.
3: Make Castle dead.
0: Who do evil to others you'll come to know me well? No one's ever stood up for me before. Call me the Punisher. Oh. Shouldn't play with knives.
1: Alright, sir. So let me just say this in regards to this movie. Um, I, I've never been a big Punisher fan, you know, I knew of him. But what got me to watch this movie was I was a big fan of Deep Blue Sea. You know, minus the bad CGI in some places. But it was Thomas Jane. I I really enjoyed that guy a lot in that movie. So when I found out he was going to be in The Punisher. You know, I've always loved the design of The Punisher in regards to like his skull and stuff. It was just always real cool looking. I, I knew the kind of character he was. So I went into this movie not knowing a lot of the history. And I came out of it loving it and then I hear all this hate about the movie and a lot of it I don't understand and that's maybe because I don't have a lot of history with the character. But what's your history with this movie?
2: I saw the Dolph Lundgren version when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. like I I am a comic book fan but – I mostly stayed within DC comics. And so I knew of the Punisher just in passing. I understood the character. I knew his origin story. I I knew what his role in the Marvel universe was, but I was never a fan or read enough of the work to be like, uh, the kind of guy who would go to the movie and be like, that's not correct. That's, He wouldn't do that or that's not what whatever it didn't matter to me. I just really wanted a really good story. If they could tell a convincing story, I was down and keep it, you know, true to the core of the character, his motivations and his uh, his brutality, all of that needed to stay the same. The city it took place in, it didn't matter to me that much. Uh, and originally that was one of the things that people complained about. Originally he was a New York guy, like much of the Marvel universe, everything happens in New York and this movie takes place in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. Yep. And I like it actually because it, it, it's visually interesting. The city is visually interesting and you know, we've seen a hundred movies with New York in it, but we don't, I can't tell you any movie that took place in Tampa and and it was a visually interesting location and it kind of sets it apart from all the other superhero movies that are based in these huge cities. So I didn't mind that at all. And, um, you know, there were a couple other changes that they did, but I don't think there was any change that they did that took away from the character or the story at all. So I think it's just a lot of people complaining just to complain. I mean, we saw the same thing happen with daredevil. Yeah. Uh, people just hated them. People hated this time in the Marvel movie universe, uh, because it wasn't Spider-Man and it wasn't an X movie and everybody was just disappointed when dealing with something not on that popularity or that scale. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of unfortunate, but that's the way it went, man. I'll forever be the daredevil and punisher
1: apologist. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way in regards to both films and, and funny enough, with this movie, you know, I, as much as I love it and I heard the hate and then I know Warzone comes out and people really hate that movie. I think it's a piece of crap. I, I only it's gave not it that
2: one. good. man. Yeah,
1: I gave it like one star. And then Dirty Laundry, which we'll talk about, you know, after we get done with this is just a big sensation everybody's like wow that was so good you know and it's like yeah tom you know thomas jane the guy you guys and i don't know if maybe they were maybe taking out of thomas jane or maybe they were talking about other things but for the most part it's like everybody's really sold on thomas jane after the dirty laundry short film that we that we got and kind of like maybe they went back to it and like yeah i think i was maybe a little too hard on the movie i don't really know why the haters hated it so much But I flippin' love this movie. I don't like the Dolph Lunger one. It's okay. I hate Warzone. This is my Punisher. This is you know, this is the one that I love and I defend. And people that don't love it, I just don't get it. But I guess we'll get into that as we get in the review. So
2: Yeah, my problem with Warzone was the fact that I really enjoyed the Thomas Jane Punisher. Yeah. And they come out with this. I don't even know if it's a sequel or a reboot or something. They just kind of do their own thing. And I found that really annoying. And that's kind of why I just dislike that movie is because it's not at all the movie I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch a continuation of Thomas Jane in the character doing his thing. And they came out with what was essentially like a Batman Forever type movie that was just a little ridiculous. And I just didn't buy it it wasn't cool to me it they had some super ridiculous stuff in there and it it just every time i watched it or see it 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 just reminds me of you know the fact we didn't get the sequel to the movie i liked and it just annoys me yeah makes me angry
1: You know, I think one of the complaints I understand is the whole brutality thing. One of the biggest things that I absolutely love about this movie and we'll get into it is I love the psychological warfare that he does to his villains in this movie of making them do... The things against other people versus him going up and just blowing somebody's head off you know i mean of course there's those moments but those are the things i really enjoyed that kind of set him apart is like wow he's really punishing them by making you kill your wife making you kill your best friend the psychological warfare and then uh, the PS2 game at the time came out and it was Thomas Jane playing the Punisher and, but there was a lot of violence in that game and a lot of people really enjoyed that. So I think a lot of people's problem is the fact that maybe there isn't that violence in there, but I really enjoy all the character moments and the storytelling that they're doing in this even more so in the director's cut. So I, do you think that could be part of it is the whole lack of brutality that they would
2: expect? Yeah, I would, I would definitely peg it as that. Be- and the studio has a hard time because they have to sell this movie. They have to get money in their pockets from this movie. So they make it on the cheap. I believe the budget for it was in the, like $28 million or something like that, which is pretty cheap when you're talking about a superhero movie. Granted, a superhero movie about a hero that doesn't have superpowers, but still
3: yeah, uh, lots, was- of,
2: lots of stunts and, and uh, st- uh, an iconography that you have to kind of uphold being that he's kind of a major player in the Marvel U. And uh, they need people to come in and watch this movie so they can make as much money as possible. So they make it for the cheap, and they have to market it towards the widest audience possible. And that means making a movie that is accessible to younger people. And if if you get an R rating, man, that severely decreases your your market share that you can't market to as many people now because you've basically said we can only market to people who are 18 and over. But the money for superhero movies is in like the 12 to 18 demographic. And, uh, when you have a character that is his main thing is going around and shooting holes in people and blowing stuff up and killing as many bad guys as possible. It's really difficult to make a movie that will be marketable to such a wide audience. And so you find yourself having to cut down on the brutality and the blood and all that kind of stuff. And people didn't want that, man. When you talk about The Punisher, you want punishment. You want brutality. You want people getting shot. And you walk into the movie and you don't see that on screen. It it would probably annoy you a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, the budget the director wanted 64 million but he was only given 33 and only 15 went towards the shooting so there was a lot of you know cuts that had to be made and stuff but you know in my opinion i actually like The way everything was shot and the way it came out, there was just enough gore there and stuff. I know what you're saying, but you don't want to make the Punisher PG-13 either. And it worked for Blade. So, you know, I kind of see they tried to have like the best of both worlds. I kind of think they did with this
2: one. Yeah, and it kind of shot them in the foot. I think you should, as a studio, recognize the property you're trying to make the movie of, and really kind of stay faithful to the tone of that thing. Blade did it, and Blade did it very well. Uh, If you want to take a character much like that in The Punisher, but try and reach the X-Men crowd, I think you're doing a disservice to the character as a whole. Now, again, I agree. I think they did a really good job in this movie. I liked it enough, but I completely understand the people who didn't like it due to the fact that it wasn't as... Intense as they would have liked. Yeah. So it's it's one of those like damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you make it too bloody, gory, crazy, you're definitely not going to make your money back the way you would like. And if you play it safe, you're going to annoy fans who yeah. wanted the bloody, gory stuff. Uh, they chose one route and it didn't really pay off for them. And, you know, hopefully next time. We'll get something a little better.
1: Yeah. Now, you, sir, um, you know, I talked about, you know, have you seen the director's cut before? And we both thought, yeah, sure. You know, we've seen it. But I think you told me, was it last night that you think it was the first time you ever saw the extended cut or quote unquote director's cut?
2: Yeah, I mean, I owned it. I bought the original bare bones DVD when it came out. And they put out the special edition, the director's cut. And so I grabbed that when it came out. And I don't think I ever watched it. And then the Blu-ray came out, which was completely bare bones. Like no special features whatsoever. And so I bought that too because I like the movie that much uh, that, that I would want the various versions. Uh, and I can't get rid of any of them because each one of them, you know, the Blu-ray is <laughs> the Blu-ray. And then the other two... It's not like I got the director's cut and I can you know, give the other one to somebody else because the director's cut doesn't have all the special features that were originally on the regular release. And so I got to keep them all so I have all my special features. And uh, so I had never watched it. And so I'm like, oh, I better watch the movie before I record with, with Masunis. And so I went and watched it, the, the director's cut. I'm like, oh, I'll finally break this thing open. And uh, yeah, I'd never watched it before, and and really the director's cut, all it did was restore a storyline inside the movie uh, regarding Frank Castle's old partner and how his uh, how he was sold out basically because the bad guys didn't know who he was, and then they got his identity revealed somehow. In the regular movie, you just assumed, oh, they've got people. They mm-hmm. figured it out. It's all good. But you find out in the director's cut that it was his partner that sold him out. Yeah. And so that, that adds a bit of uh, personal uh, vendetta action in the movie while he's trying to figure out kind of who set him up. And then when he does, he's got to take care of it. And it's his partner who who's super close with. And I like it. I like the whole storyline. But I did recognize when it was the new stuff.
0: Why well, they took I, it
2: out? I think, yeah, it really wasn't needed in the end. I mean, he, uh, Saint, wants to know who the German was that caused his son to die. And someone squeals, you know, someone says something. And then the next scene, you you're at the funeral and his buddy hands him a uh, a, a folder that says, "Hey, look, this is who that guy is, and here's who he is, and here's where he is," and they're just like, "All right, let's go kill him." And it made sense. at n- At no point ever watching the movie did I sit there and question, like, "How did they find out?" <laughs> right. No, you just assume they're well off bad guys. They can find this sort of information. Yeah, and
1: they, uh, they established that they had people in their pockets. You know, you yeah.
2: put it together, yeah. And so I. I like the deleted stuff. I like the storyline of his partner who's got a gambling problem. And so to save his own butt, he, you know, gave him, gave up his, his partner. But I see why it was cut out and it didn't bother me that it was cut out really.
1: Right. I actually saw it by watching FX, you know, it was on, uh, you know, I was having FX on one day. I was like, ooh, I'll watch the Punisher and all this new stuff came up. I'm like, wait a second. I don't ever remember seeing this. And then that's when I found out because I at the time didn't know that the extended cut had been released. And I was like, whoa, because I know some movies, you know, they film their scenes for TV and mm-hmm. sometimes they're released, sometimes they're not. And I was like, boy, I sure hope this is out. And there, and of course, there it is. And as you said, you know, each version that's been released, you got to keep because, you know, the first release had a whole bunch of features. The second one doesn't have as much. And then, as you know, the Blu-ray doesn't have any. So I really enjoyed it. it it you know it's, it kind of slows things down so I, I completely agree with you. I understood why it was taken out. I enjoy going back and watching it because I watched the uh, DVD version first and then I watched the extended stuff second time around. So I actually have it uh, you know as we go through it where each part takes place and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's good stuff now. The movie actually starts off a little bit differently if you're watching a director's cut because it tells you Tampa, Florida, and we already start off with John Travolta's character because when you watch the regular version, it just starts off with you know showing up at the at the scene where you're first going to be introduced to the castle and I was like, huh, well, why are we seeing John Travolta at first, but that's when you actually see the twins for the first time. On screen together you know you don't actually see it in the theatrical version just to kind of set things up where he's going to be going and everything so let's talk about John Travolta you know I really like John Travolta I I think he's good times and when I knew he was going to be a bad guy in this one I was like well I hope I hope he does as good as he did in face off and I really really thought he did a great job. And I love the fact that he told Thomas Jane, you know, he wants to take second billing, you know, he wants him to have full credit, so on and so forth. I, I really commend him for that. What do you think of John Travolta in this movie?
2: I dug him. He was the right amount of smooth and confident and then kind of crazy and and too much uh, in, in scenes he needed to be. I liked him. I never had a problem with him. I'm, I know a lot of people complained about John Travolta and that the the character he was playing was a little too over the top, but I felt like he played it exactly as it was needed. I liked it. Um, I liked the cat and mouse game that's going on in this movie between uh, Frank Castle and Saint. Uh, Even though Saint and Frank Castle don't even meet at all, until the very end, you feel that there is a you know, hero villain bond there that, that worked for me in this movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and when people are saying that he was over the top, I was like, okay, well point me to the scene. He's over the top because in every scene that he's in, he's playing it perfectly. Like, you know, he's the down and dumb's dad, you know, mourning over his son. Then he's the, you know, the badass business guy that has to deal with the two guys. And then later say, you know what, your losses are cut. I'm not taking, you know, I'm not going to take care of it. And then he, you know, now he wants to take revenge on his wife and his best friend who are cheating on him. You know, I thought he was the perfect balance at the perfect time. So I really didn't see why people thought he was over the top. It really didn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's only a few scenes where he does kind of go a little manic, but he's supposed to be. Yeah. He's. He's about to confront his best friend who he thinks is sleeping with his wife. He's confronting his wife who he thinks cheated on him uh, with his best friend. Like Those are the scenes you want him to be kind of over the top. And he plays it perfectly, in my opinion. He doesn't go too crazy with it, but he plays it the right amount for that situation I I thought it was great.
1: Yeah. You know, his second in command which is Quentin Glass played by Will Patton and I know this guy from Armageddon. I love this guy in Armageddon and when I saw him as a bad guy in this movie, really hurt my heart because I loved him so much in that movie. You know, he's Bruce Willis's right-hand man and here he is in this movie and uh he'll later have a scene with Ben Foster that we'll talk about but I don't know, man. I really enjoy Will Patton's performance as Quentin Glass. He was just the, oh, he was just really good at being the dirty guy. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah. I liked him. He was yeah. pretty cool.
1: And uh, so in the beginning, when I first watched this movie, you know, and we – at the beginning where Frank Castle comes out and he's got like the blonde wig on and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's undercover, whatever. And then he gets shot. I was really confused because I'm like, wait a second, how is he dead when this is just the first five minutes of the movie? And then, of course, that's when you find out he's undercover and he's really actually blonde in real life. And it was just a fun opening sequence. You know, you get the introduction of Mickey, which you kind of think he's going to get murdered the first time he comes in contact with Howard Saint. But it was a fun opening sequence. What do you think of it, sir?
2: Yeah, it was cool. I like I like the idea of the the setup here that, you know, he's an undercover guy who during his last, you know, uh, mission, he someone ends up getting killed and causes these bad guys to go after those responsible. And then he has to become the Punisher kind of thing. I liked, I like the origin in this movie. It stayed fairly true to the comic book, which is Frank Castle's family is murdered. So he goes out and takes revenge. But, you know, changed it up a little bit, made it a little bit more fresh. And um, I thought it was a really good, solid introduction to the character in this movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, when we get, you know, we see the goodbye, of course, which will introduce us to his partner. And then you find out about the watch, which they kind of take out that whole watch subplot. Uh, in the director's cut is where it's established. But, you know, you see that it's pretty much his last job. Now, did they murder his whole entire family in the, the comics?
2: entire family gets okay. murdered in this movie. In the comic books, it's only his wife. And son. And I believe his daughter or son and daughter. It changes up a lot. Okay. Um. But, yeah, in this movie, they wipe out his entire Family, both sides of his his family.
1: You know, I must have seen this at least nine times, maybe nine or ten. And there's two parts that are always brutal for me to watch. And the first part is the massacre of his family, which let's keep in mind, Howard Saint just wanted Frank Castle dead. It was his wife's decision to murder the whole entire family. And it's such a, a devastating scene. I mean, you know, Roy Schneider loved the guy, you know, Mr. Frank Castle Sr. And, you know, the introduction to his wife and son, very brief, but it works. You know, Samantha uh, Mathis, who, as we would know, is from Pump Up the Volume. You know, great chemistry between her and and Frank Castle and stuff. And just the whole sequence of the family being murdered, man, real brutal for me. Even though I know it's coming, every time I watch it, sometimes I have to close my eyes, man. What do you think of this uh, whole situation?
2: Yeah, I like it. It's... It's one of those sequences that I think was really well done in the movie because, you know, someone who's getting their family killed is, is prud- pretty brutal anyway. And they just upped the game in this movie by taking out the entire family at a family reunion and the way it was shot the way it was handled was really brutal and it needed to be if it if it wasn't brutal for the people watching it then we're not going to buy his complete transformation after it's done right the fact that he just throws frank castle away and becomes this avenging angel of the punisher we have to believe that's something that can happen and i think in the movie they did a good enough job that I completely bought that transformation because it was so brutal—the uh, massacre of his family.
1: Right now, when he, you know, is finally his family's dead, is he finds his wife and his daughter, and, and he gets basically shot. He gets shot in the leg, and I believe he gets shot the, on the side. I believe he gets shot in the chest. Am I right? Right before the explosion. Yep. So I've heard some critics say that this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Is this a supernatural character? You know, he gets shot and can be blown away and and comes, or is it just pure luck or is it pure willpower? You know, what's your stance on the whole, he gets shot in the chest, blown away. Is it, you know, supernatural, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's supernatural, but I kind of see where the critics are going with that situation. So what do you think?
2: Definitely not supernatural. It's, mixture of luck and willpower and let's face it it's a movie yeah i mean we've seen worse <laughs> <laughs> right we've seen characters shot in the face and they still walk away uh but it, this movie isn't taking itself that seriously it's it's definitely approaching it in a, in a fairly serious manner but it does recognize that it is a comic book movie and so some of these like getting shot a few times especially getting shot right in the chest uh, those are parts that you're just like, um, I have to let that go. Cause this is a comic book movie first and foremost. Yeah. And that just, it's the kind of thing that happens in these types of movies.
1: Yeah. You know, like one of the scenes I easily forgive because I love the fact that there's a lot of real stunts done is, uh, when the guys are trying to shoot a castle and his dad, and, uh, there's a guy that gets, a, um, there's a canister that he shoots with the shotgun and he explodes. You can see the guy is clearly, you know, wrapped in the fire protection suit. But they still do such a good job of shooting it that you really can't tell. But it's kind of like, you know, Michael Myers at the end of Halloween 2. You could tell it's a guy in a suit. But I easily forgive that versus some people be like, ah, nah, you know, that they would nitpick at that and stuff. But just overall, man, the stunts were done really great during that scene, you know? Not really a problem for me.
2: For a movie shot with such little budget it's yeah, I'm, I'm forgiving of it. Uh, I know that exact scene with the, the guy in the fire suit, it's really, really obvious, but yeah. you, you just let it pass.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because of the budget. And I'm just like, you know, everything's been salad so far, you know, and obviously you don't want to have a real life person burned alive, you know, and I totally was fine with it. It was cool. And th- you know, and I, I love, I know this is a little bit before that, but when the son actually gives him the shirt, it's kind of a different version of the logo. I don't know, like, I guess the coloring or whatever, because I have that exact same shirt. And I love the way the transformation of the shirt goes from being nice and clean, of course, and he picks it up from the beach and he kind of keeps it that color throughout the rest of the movie, kind of that real dingy color. I'd really dig it how they did the logo in this movie. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it's rough.
1: And I think my favorite line of the movie has to be from when the I guess what is he a voodoo guy or whatever the doctor that puts him back together and he's like Mm -hmm. go go with God cast He's like God's going to sit this one out. You know, I just I love it, man. It's like people said he had no charisma. I'm like, okay. I thought he was excellent as the Punisher. You know, I'm like, oh, did he smile when he, before he was the Punisher? Of course he did. There's multiple scenes where he's with his family and he's smiling and stuff. Some people said Thomas Jane was one note. I think Thomas Jane was the perfect guy for this role, man. That's my opinion anyways.
2: Yeah, I dig Thomas Jane. And this role is one of the ones that really hipped me to him. Like, I, I watched Deep Lucy as well. Um, and I liked him in that. But the Punisher's the one that really, like, man, I want to watch more of what this guy does.
1: Yeah, I hear you. So, after um, he goes and gets kind of a, uh, what would you say, dirty apartment, if you will, uh, we get the introduction of kind of our our new three three people that'll be his family by the end of the movie, you know, if you will. We got Ben Foster as, as Spacker, is that his name? I know it's Dave, but I can't remember his last name, but... Uh, John uh, Panette as Bumbo and then of course Rebecca Romaine and what her first Marvel movie right did this come out before X-Men or after X-Men after okay so Ben Foster you and I we both love Ben Foster I will watch anything this guy's in I've always been a fan of him since day one I really enjoy him in this movie and I love the the kind of the playoff between him and Bobo is you know Bobo's supposed to be kind of the slow guy and 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 Dave is just supposed to be kind of the guy who did a little bit too much drugs, but he's definitely a really nice guy at heart. And do you like these two guys? You know, Because some people don't, but I really enjoy them in this movie. What about you?
2: Yeah, I thought they were fine. I mean, that bit of the story is taken from, at the time, a pretty popular uh, storyline that was going on in The Punisher at the, at the time. So I think... People who read the comic books probably enjoyed having them there uh, because, like I said, that storyline was pretty popular. But it's the probably the people who, you know, same people we were talking about who wanted Frank Castle to just walk in and shoot up everybody didn't care for the scenes where we'd stop and take a breather and have kind of uh, the scenes where people are attempting to bring back the humanity of Frank Castle, you know and he kind of goes with it a little bit throughout the movie. He does get to the point where he doesn't just close the door in their faces or whatever, but in the end we see him leave and cause he has to, because he's the punisher and this is his life now.
1: Yeah. I thought they did a, a really great balance with the character building. Cause you know, damn if you do damn, if you don't, you know, you don't have character development, but, you know, then you don't have the action. So I I, I, honest, I believe that they spent a lot more time on character development than they wanted to on action. But that's for budgetary reasons, of course. But I thought they did a, a perfect balance of Frank Castle kind of opening up to these three individuals while still being held back. Because, you know, he's hitting the bottle and everything. It was a great progression throughout the movie. And it made sense. I didn't feel it was rushed. I just thought it was balanced out very well. You know, with all these three characters and their relationship and, you know, him opening up to them and protecting them. You know, I thought it worked really well. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. Now, um, we get where Castle will go back. I guess it's outside the FBI. And he kind of announces to everybody That he is still alive. So I guess this might be my only real question I have in the movie is, you know, at this point in the game, would the FBI kind of arrest you for faking your death? Or, you know, why did the FBI kind of keep tabs on him? Because in the director's cut, we find out that, you know, he keeps in contact with his partner after this. But it's the whole part where, you know, I'm upset. You know, I used to be upset when the Yankees win. I used to be upset at this. Tell me how I feel. And then you don't see the FBI the rest of the movie. So, how do you do? You have any problem with how that played out?
2: Yeah, it's part of the movie. I don't really care for. I I, I don't see the need for him to come up and be like, hey, where's where's justice for my family or whatever. I I don't I don't think the character should care about that. He's taking care of it. He's, he's got it handled. Uh, It's one of the scenes that I kind of think they should have also cut out.
1: Ah, okay. I gotcha. Now the, um, let's see. Oh, the money sequence. This is where, you know, Frank will go in. This is kind of like his first time of going up against Howard is to take out his money, if you will, where he goes to that office building and that's how he gets his cash and I love the whole sequence of him just throwing the money out the window and taking out two of the guys that took out his family. It's a really fun sequence, you know, the whole money laundering, just going to the place. Do you like this whole sequence here?
2: Yeah, it's fine. Uh, again, it's it's him not just walking in and shooting up the place. He's hitting the bad guys where it hurts the most in, in the wallet kind of thing. And Yeah. You know, we do see a lot of the psychological warfare, as you put it, uh, as he goes around and and messes with Howard Saint's mind a bit and uh, makes him doubt yeah. his friends and family. And I really enjoyed that. It showed that the Punisher is smart as well as deadly. And I thought that was a good change up because I don't think the movie would have been all that good if it was just him solving problems with a gun. I like that he was solving yeah. problems with his mind as well.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. That's what really draws me to this movie and kind of sets it apart is the psychological warfare he does. I mean, obviously with Mickey, when he first gets a hold of him and and tries to scare him with the blowtorch and here he's using a popsicle to get all the information he needs and to scare this guy to death. And I'm just like, that's so good, man. You're so messing with people's mind. You know, that was the beginning of it. And that's what I really take the most from this movie is the psychological warfare that he does. And I think a lot of people, you know, I, I get where they're coming from, where they want to see the brutality. But for me, I thought the psychological warfare actually worked better than just going up and smoking some dude in the head. You know, it, it worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. So good. So, um, So basically uh the restaurant sequence sir with uh with the guy that comes in with the guitar uh when you play the dvd they actually play this song in the menu section this was a fun sequence um what what did you think of the whole because it threw me off at first when i watched this i was like who is this guy you know, what's the deal? How did he find Frank to begin with? You know, that's kind of the one thing it's not really answered is at one point how do the bad guys find out where Frank actually lives, you know, in this apartment building. But Yeah,
2: it's it's also one of those things where everybody seems to know where he lives, yet the bad guys never just go to his house and shoot him up until the very end. Like they send two hitmen after him. They're like, "Here's his address, go kill him." why didn't they ever just go to his house and blow it up while he's in there or something like that? The the bad guys were not very smart in <laughs> their approach.
1: Right, because they sent Quentin and his boys and then they sent... No, they sent the Russian first.
2: Yeah, and, and then they show up, you know, after, 10 minutes after the Russian has been there. I'm like, why didn't you just do that first? Why didn't Instead of sending either of these guys, which I like both of them, I think they're... Very uh, interesting characters in their own right. But why didn't you just send two car full of guys with machine guns to the apartment and take care of this if you had his address?
1: It is kind of bad because they have established how smart these bad guys really are. They have all these connections. They can get all these files and everything. And you're right. It kind of makes them look stupid. But at the same time, I guess the movie would be over, right? I mean, what? Yeah,
2: exactly. And again, you, you have to go back to the whole we have to give this movie some forgiveness because it's just trying to be like a a gritty seventies action movie. You know, uh, you can tell that by the tone and the music they use and, and it's, it's just trying to have some fun with the story and not really trying to be authentic with the story, if you will.
1: Right now, the, the whole, like, I love the dinner sequence, you know, of, you know, castle, he gets invited over And he has, for the most part, he has a good time. You know, he gets a really good meal and they just want to open up to him. And she's like, well, I know this isn't Thanksgiving, but let's see what we're thankful for. And I love his line about uh, thanks for dinner. I didn't think that some people have said that Joan's character tries to kiss him. But it's more of like she's putting... Her, her hand on his face to say, you know, good memories will save your life. I think she's trying to be just a friend. She's not trying to be a romantic person. I didn't actually get that from that whole sequence. Did you get any sort of like, she's in love with this guy kind of feel? Yes. You did.
2: She okay. she was going to kiss him, man. And then he just kind of backs off when <laughs> she tries. And I think that's part of the flaw of her character. You know, she's not this uh, perfect individual who's got it all figured out. She even says, to him when he has to take care of one of her ex-boyfriends, you know, every town I go to, I seem to hook up with just the worst person possible. Yeah. And, uh, it's at this point, she's like, Hey, but I can tell you're not one of these worst persons. So I'm going to try hooking up with you and, uh, her heart's in the right place, but obviously it's just ill time. There's no way in hell. He has yeah. a girlfriend right now. Um, but yeah, I think definitely she was going to try to connect with him
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he does say, you know, I'm not, I'm not the one you're looking for, but you know, I, I got where she was coming from, but it was the one sequence that, you know, I hear, that gets a lot of crap and I can understand it is, you know, after the dinner sequence and we get the Russian shows up. They're playing all that, you know, fun music while this crazy action sequence is going on between the Russian and Castle. And a lot of people find it annoying, but I actually find it kind of a highlight of the movie. It's not taking itself seriously. It's some really good action. There's some funny moments going on with all three of those characters. I actually enjoy that sequence. What about you?
2: I do as well. I thought the fight was done really well it was a funny fight because not only do you have the goofy music playing and they're all dancing in the background everything thomas jane does he's just like oh man (laughs) the looks on his face is like i can't win with this guy and uh the russian is goofy looking in and of himself and The whole thing I found uh, really fun.
1: Excellent. Yeah. I hate Kevin Nash. He's a terrible wrestler, but he worked for the Russian. He did what he was supposed to do, not say a word, be intimidating. And he actually made me laugh a few times, especially when he pounds the gun. Thomas Jane looks at it. He's like, oh, I can't shoot this gun. You know, and there were some moments, though, where you're like, how could you live from that? You know, you just got stabbed. You just got thrown out of your apartment. You cracked your head off of a wall. And how are you still crawling to your gun? You know, but again, it's one of those things we talked about. Forgiveness of the movie. You know, it's just it's it's the punisher. Dang it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Now, after this sequence um, is the second worst scene of the movie for me and i think the most brutal scene i thought the family scene was brutal but the whole sequence of ben foster dave will pence quentin i get chills when i watch this scene dude i don't know about you but it's kind of like our talk on buried with the whole snake thing it's really hard for me to watch this sequence man
2: yeah it's fine for me uh i think they did a really good job we knew what was about to happen. They did a good job showing us like, Oh, it's going to get really bad here in a second for this guy, but they didn't have to be all gory and show you every little thing. This guy's about to do to his face. He just does one and then he threatens to do the rest of them. And then we cut away with the screaming and that works. We, we totally understand you don't need to show us the graphic gory details at that point. Right. Um, so I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Good. Uh, I agree. Um, I think that's why it's so effective. You know, one of the biggest complaints that I believe even you have in horror movies today is they show you too much. They don't give you your imagination as they used to do. And this is one of those sequences where, you know, they leave you with him screaming and you got to kind of imagine what's going on. Those moments are, you know, we don't get that a lot nowadays. And I still enjoy my imagination does more torture for me than actually seeing it on screen. It makes it more effective that way. Yep. Now, uh, kind of at this point after the torture of Dave and his buddies is, I like to call, you know, setting up the commando scene, you know, the hunting begins, you know, of uh, it's time to take down the wife, you know, with the help of Mickey. Mickey's his inside guy that's going to throw off Mr. Howard because at, while this movie's going on, we have this hidden fire, um, what is it, fire... the hydrant thank you oh my god I'm going blank today Uh, funny enough the director said he saw a guy that would always do that use a fire hydrant to get a parking place but throughout the movie Castle has been using this fire hydrant to get his wife's tickets, so that way he can set it up for later on in the film but this is where things start to get rolling and uh, this is where Howard is going to find out that supposedly his wife is cheating with Quentin and it sets an excellent um you know, next couple of minutes. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I like this bit. I mean, it's come to the, the point of the movie where he's like, all right, time to put the plan in motion. Yep. You know, he's been building it for a little while, but now he's got to put it into action and and take these guys down. And I like how it all played out.
1: Yeah. And when he he's doing this declaration, if you will, you know, voiceover, and I I love when he's suiting up. You know, and he's getting now he has what a bulletproof vest that has the Punisher logo over it looks really cool It's like real commando style and it's uh, you know, it's time for war You know, he's got the bow and arrow goes in there and I just love how he does everything You know, he's got the little bombs under the car and the way he does things with the sun You know of making him hold that bomb in his hand and the way he takes everybody out at the party uh, with the bomb under the champagne. Just the whole sequence is done so well. I really, really enjoyed it. It's so much fun.
2: Yeah, I liked it. And it's uh, a lot of action. It's fun. But it, again, is done in a way. So we're not going to get like a heavy R rating. But uh, I kind of like the... I kind of like that it was kind of easy for him too. Uh, right. He, we saw him struggle getting beat up by the Russian, all that kind of stuff. I'm glad that when it comes to taking out the rest of the bad guys, that's kind of his element is going up against a bunch of people who probably are um, not putting as much uh, seriousness in the situation as they probably should. Right. I mean, they're like, oh, he's just one guy. Like, we can all take out one guy, right? (laughs) You know, not really thinking the fact that, like, you still haven't. Like you've tried to take out this one guy all on your, you know, with everybody there and it just hasn't worked. But still, you are safe and sound in your room here and you have no worry about the one guy you have to take down later. And, uh, you know, to their detriment, he comes in and he proves that he is a force to be reckoned with.
1: And what's really great is the fact that they don't leave him, you know, flawless. He does get shot. But he has the bulletproof vest. You know, he does get mm-hmm. shot a few times. That, you know, a lot of times they'll just have the guy come in, not get injured. At least they knew to give him some injuries, you know. But nothing that, would, that he's had prior, you know, like getting stabbed or whatever the case may be. Um, I love the shot. You know, where he pulls the arrow out for the first time and shoots that guy. It's a great sequence. And, and I love how towards the end, right before he goes after Howard, how he hangs up his vest in the office that is that Howard's son's about ready to blow up in. And they put the shot on the Punisher logo. It's really great. It's kind of like, you know, I beat you guys. It's cool. I'm Done. And he goes after Howard. And he's just like, you know, I... Made you kill your wife. I made you kill your son. You know, it's awesome. That's that's what punishment is, man. Is the psychological warfare that he does. It's it's excellent. Yep. So, basically, after this, we have the final sequence with uh, you know Dave and and Bobo or Bumbo and and Joan, and it's kind of cool that he leaves them a crap load of money. It almost looks like he left them all of his money but i thought that was really nice way to kind of end that relationship there
2: yeah it you know showed he's a good guy you know even though he's gotta be all killing people for the most part the rest of his life but uh he he doesn't he he's he's not a cold heartless killer you know he's he's willing to protect people and take care of people when they need it
1: yeah now did you like you know right before this when he blows up all the cars did you kind of like the crow-esque style of seeing the punisher logo through all the fire i thought that was pretty cool that's
2: kind of cool but it's not really well done i think the the effect they used was kind of dopey and (laughs) but you know it's i don't have a huge problem with it
1: that's cool Now, I did read that at the very end when he is on, you know, the bridge, they purposely didn't really want to play any music. They just kind of wanted him to talk because of the fact of he's not the hero. He's the anti-hero. And, you know, I guess I really didn't notice that until I read it, but I thought it was a pretty cool effect. You know, he's going to do evil. He's going to fix those that do evil to others, you know, call me the Punisher. I thought it was pretty cool. It's a great shot, man. The sunset and him and the car. I thought it was a great way to end the film. Yeah, I liked it. So um, I do you want to do like ratings or do you want to talk about Dirty Laundry before we do that?
2: Uh, we'll talk about ratings on this one. It's I enjoyed it. You know, I think we both were sitting here talking about it because we both liked it. I don't think it's a perfect film. I don't think it's the best Punisher movie they could make. I, I think we're still waiting for that. But I would easily give it like... three stars i think
1: three okay
2: above average
1: okay now i had four and last time i checked flickster you had it at four so what made you drop it from four to three
2: uh time man time you know i probably wrote that review when it was (laughs) uh still fresh in my mind i was excited coming out of the movie theater but it's like i said it's not as perfect as i would want it to be okay but uh yeah I'd give it a three.
1: Yeah, good enough. Yeah, I give a solid four, man. I still I still think it's it's aged well with me. I mean, granted, I don't watch it every single year, but you know, if I see it on, I'm gonna watch it. And I agree with you. I think there's a Punisher movie, a perfect one that they still have to make. Unfortunately, you know, Thomas Jane won't be that guy behind the wheel. Maybe something will work out that he would be. I doubt it. But I I'm you know, I agree with you. I think that We will get something better in the future. How long we have to wait, though, is kind of the question, of course.
2: Yeah, I mean, the rights went back to Marvel, uh, the film rights. So they have control over the next iteration of The Punisher. And I'm interested to see what they do. I think The Punisher would work great as a TV show. Um, You know, something on cable. If you want to do like an AMC or a, a HBO type Punisher show, I think that would be pretty good.
1: Yeah. I was just going to ask you, you know, if Netflix was going to do a Punisher show, would you be cool with that versus totally. a movie? Okay. Excellent. Totally. Cause on Netflix, you can still have all the violence and stuff you want, right? Because it's still.
2: Yep. You can do whatever you want.
1: Excellent. Now, you know, after this movie, you know, came out, you know, war zone, which we briefly talked about, which didn't do well at all. And a lot of people hated and this and that but what was surprising is one day uh, i found out about this thing called dirty laundry and i was like well what's dirty laundry and they're like well it's a punisher short film but when it started off i thought there was something wrong with it because i kept hearing the dark knight music and i was like okay is thomas jane in this and as soon as i saw him i was like huh and the one thing i got to say about dirty laundry is is it's a short film and i think this 10 minutes is more pleasing to fans than the whole movie of what we just talked about
2: yeah i mean he debuted this thing at comic-con a few years ago and which is the best place to do something like that but it it was one of the first times i can remember that a star of a film that you know got replaced and and the franchise didn't move on after that uh had enough interest still in the, in the property to go out and use his own money to make a short film to kind of give like an unofficial sequel yeah. to that character. Yeah. And, uh, I remember right before comic con, cause usually right before comic con, we you're trolling around Twitter and stuff, waiting to get any sort of news coming out. And Thomas Jane posted a link on his Twitter that was just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put this here. Like didn't say what it was. Just like, hey, check check out this thing. And originally, when you watched it, it just said, Dirty Laundry. That's it. Uh, the title what had nothing to do with The Punisher. And so you're watching it, and you're like, what is this? This is kind of cool. And it wasn't until the reveal at the very end that it was a Punisher follow-up, uh, which was awesome. And apparently, it went over like gangbusters at Comic-Con. Everybody loved it online reception was excellent and uh, I just I thought it was cool that he would go out and do that
1: yeah you know because to be fair he was supposed to be in the sequel but you know taking three years and due to him not believing in the material at that point he walked away and that's when they decided to bring in somebody else so he still wanted to do something and it, it almost felt like he wanted to do full circle and, and create this and it's cool that he brought in ron perlman in here and it's you know the violence in this thing man ridiculous i oh when he's when he's breaking those guys that guy's legs and arms man it looks real good man blowing people yeah i mean oh so good and that's the thing
2: about doing your own little short film premiering it online you can do whatever the heck you want man yeah <laughs> You don't have to worry about people going, oh, but it'll get us an R rating and we won't be able to appeal to the children anymore. He's like, whatever. <laughs> Punisher would break some legs, man. That's So that's what we're going to do in this. And since I'm the boss, I'm the one paying for this thing. That's what we're going to do.
1: So would you would you rate the short film, you know, star-wise?
2: Uh, I would give it a four easily. Excellent. I think um, – they did a, a few things I didn't really care for. I don't. I'm not a big fan of CGI blood, uh, and that's all they used. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so that brings it down quite a bit. But production-wise, acting-wise, all of it was was pretty stellar.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Maybe even a week, four and a half because I I really enjoyed it that much. And I guess the uh, the Punisher logo that you see on the shirt was a brand new logo that had been introduced at that time in the comics. And he wanted to bring that in, I guess, is something that I found out, which was pretty cool. But I, I really enjoy that short film. It's awesome. So with that being said, man, um, do you have anything else that you want to say overall about, you know, the Punisher, you know, in general or, you know, like the short film or just the movie we talked about? Uh, just
2: that people shouldn't judge it too harshly. Just watch it and have some fun with it.
1: Heck yeah. I agree, sir. So how about we roll into the email, sir, here with the STL Nation has to say. Sounds good. One
3: shot, on tonight. even if i got three strikes i'm gonna go for it ride with. this moment we
1: own it all right so a few people in the nation you know i told them you know about my whole job situation so i had uh Uh, Lisa the legend she wrote in and here's what she had to say she's like hi y'all I know it's been quiet on the Lisa front so I couldn't miss this opportunity to email in I'm still around kicking it back in the 80s I'm looking forward to this new episode I'm not gonna bother reviewing it because I know you guys will tear it up I know you post an STL but I won't but I would be remiss if I didn't say um, that I I miss uh, Mesha Taylor passing away which, as we know, is uh, Hollywood for Mannequin. So, she loves... That's her favorite movie of all time. So uh, My email is just a footnote. I know life gets busy. Life happens and everything. And I just want you, Mike, to know that all of the tail Nation, we love you. Thank you very much. We, You are a great person, fabulous MC, and an epic movie reviewer. It doesn't matter how long it takes to get your next review. We will be here kicking up the dust in the tail Nation and posting crazy movie details until the dust settles and you were able to bring us back to reviews. Take it easy, Lisa the legend. So thank you, Lisa. Good times. Yeah, man. Oh, you know, it, it sucks, man. when you know I'm, I'm not sure if you've been uh, in the jobless situation, but it's kind of scary, man, when you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But, you know. What do yeah, you
2: it, it is. Um, I have been at times without a job and completely understand and. Uh, you know, people should also understand that we have to pay to make these shows. Yeah. (laughs) Free to listen to, definitely not free to produce. Uh besides buying equipment to do the recordings, you have to also buy uh a way to get them out to people. Like I pay for quite a bit of server space to get the all the shows I do out to people. And it's a Massive time commitment, too, not just recording. You know, people say, oh, it's an hour long show, so it takes you an hour. How big a deal is that? No, it takes prep time. You have to watch the movie you're going to review. You have to actually sit down and think about what you're going to say, make notes, search for news, gather your thoughts, record. Then you have to edit because, you know, episode may be an hour, but you probably talked for an hour and a half and then you cut out a bunch of stuff. And then you have to produce it, which, you know, after the editing, you throw on some music and, uh, make the show what it is. And then you have to put it out into the world that takes a few minutes to, to upload it. And then it starts all over again. You have to do it again <laughs> And for like people like me who, uh, do a ton of shows, you know, do all of that process times five. And, you know, you do a bunch of shows times all that by, you know, five and, so it's a massive time commitment. There is a monetary commitment on our end and everybody else just gets to download and listen for free and you sh- you can't complain if a podcaster has to step away for a while because we've been giving you guys free entertainment and and you know what it's a expensive and time-consuming hobby. Yeah. And real life has to take precedent a lot.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what's really cool is, I mean, everybody's real understanding of that, especially, you know, the ones that I, you know, personally messaged and told them and stuff like that. But, you know, you're right. I mean, I felt bad for, you know, the month of June to July of just like, ah, you know, being on vacation or, you know, just couldn't get together, whatever the case may be. But now, because of the fact that I don't have no job, you know, and, you know, Tuesdays is usually my normal recording day. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore because, you know, I have to go look out, you know, go look job searching and all this and that. So it, it's just at this point, it's like a one day at a time kind of thing. You know, I, I definitely wanted to do this episode with you, you know, because, you know, you were available. I was available. It was great. And, you know, I definitely got to do the kit versus car episode for Shadowy Flight, you know, because I promised that, you know. And then at that point, just kind of take it, you know, and just let people know, hey, I may do something I may not. You know, and, and kind of take it from there. It's It sucks and it's scary, but you got to be honest with people at the same time. You know? Yep. So. so the next one, sir, comes from John the Music Man. Here's what he had to say. Hello, STL Nation, Mike, and guest host Jason. This is my favorite Punisher movie as well, and I love the short film Dirty Laundry. So I wish that they would just take that short film and make a true sequel out of it. Uh, which, I mean, in all honesty, it really was the sequel. The 10 minutes we got was great. I'm cool with it, so I just think this film really captured for the most part the Punisher basic character and why he became the Punisher and of course, I have to mention the soundtrack, which has some great tracks, especially broken, such a great song, John the music man. that's one thing we didn't talk about, sir, um, was the soundtrack. I know you are a big soundtrack guy. Do you have this soundtrack, sir? Do you like it? Have you not checked it out? What's your story with
2: it? I do like the soundtrack. I don't own it uh you know, I live in a Time and age where you don't go out and buy CDs anymore. <laughs> uh, but I like it, not just some of the, the songs and stuff that, that were used, but I do like the score as well. Yeah, It was kind of throwbacky to, again, 70s action movies and kind of a little bit Western thrown in there as well. And I think it fit the tone of the movie perfectly.
1: I agree. I love the score as well. It's excellent. Um, I do have the soundtrack, of course. You know, I love the the broken song. I guess the theme song, but I also love, you know, what that the guy sing in in the you know the cafeteria. I really dig that song. It's got a real kind of western creepy vibe to it. I don't know. You know, it, it's it's awesome. It's I don't know if I like that song better than broken or vice versa. They're just so good. But as you said, the score is excellent. So. All right, sir, we have two more left. This one comes from uh, Mr. Jameson Rabbit, sir. I think you remember who that guy is.
2: Yeah, I don't know that dude.
1: (laughs) Hello, Mike and Jason. Dude, just, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I'm a longtime listener of both of you, and it's a real honor to have my email read on your podcast. So, <laughs> So you're talking about The Punisher, huh? I can't say I'm a huge fan of any of The Punisher movies, but this Thomas Jane one is the best of the lot. The main reason I enjoy it is for the Frank Castle story. That's that's part of the character always interests me as more than just your standard revenge story. I just wish the Punisher side of things was done better. I don't care for John Travolta in this role. In this world, he seems too cartoony in his portrayal. He was much more believable in Wild Hogs. Now there's a movie, fellas. <laughs> I think it's a film that really made him a movie star. He and the shoveler from Mystery Men... The guy from the Santa Claus and Will Smith's partner in Bad Boys form a biker gang. It's an intimate look at the inter-workings of a motorcycle gang. Travolta basically plays the lead biker and if he's channeling Marlon Brando from the one biker movie, I could have been a contender, that's the one. Anyways, I'm rambling, getting back to point. What do you think of the new Dracula movie coming out? He's kind of like the original Punisher. That's what I call him, at least, the original Punisher. <laughs> Most people don't get it when I'm all like, Hey, I, you like my original Punisher costume I'm wearing? Pretty sweet cape, huh? I usually just get weird looks, but deep down I know the only difference between them is the original Punisher uses fangs, and the modern Punisher uses big-ass guns. <sighs> as for the lighting in the movie, it wasn't really nearly as cool as the fireworks I saw last night. Those were awesome. They made one look like a heart, and the other one looked like a bat. Hey, come to think of it, I wonder if they were trying to call the original Punisher with that bat symbol. I probably should have stuck around to see if he'd show up, but I ran out of Mr. Pibb. And when that happens, you know the night's over. So before I sign off, let me give you my score for this The Punisher, I give 2.5 stars. The original Punisher, I give 5 stars for Fangs alone. Wild Hogs gets 4.5 stars for originality. And The Fireworks Show gets 3.5. Keep up the solid work. It's great to hear that Jason is the new co host. I wish you two happy many years together. You're the tango and cash of podcasting. A devoted listener named Jameson. I
2: think he's been drinking
1: oh man it's pure poetry right there man i don't know you're gonna have to have a talk with this guy
2: i don't like talking to him he scares me
1: <laughs> all right sir our final email of the night comes from time traveling peter here's what he had to say greetings Tunis, jason and S tail nation i hope the two of you had a safe and wonderful fourth of july whether fireworks are your thing or hiking by the way did you have a good fourth of july sir
2: I did. Uh, my family's out of town at the moment, but I went out and hung out with some friends and some other family, so it was a good time.
1: Excellent. I went to a fireworks show on the 3rd uh, in my wife's family's small town, and then uh, my girls slept over at my sister-in-law's house, and they went swimming for like six hours straight. So by the time they came home, it was like five, and by the time we went to my other sister-in-law's place and had a fire, By nine o'clock, they were already dead asleep, so we didn't go to the fireworks show in my part of town, so we just went home and I went to sleep, so... I can't believe that it's been a month since the last episode. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I hope it's not a podcast killer. Joking aside, the only thing I knew about The Punisher when it was released is that Travolta was in it and that there was a Dolph Lundgren version a few years back. What I do like about the character is that he's just a man extracting revenge. No superpowers or anything like that. Unfortunately, I don't remember this movie enough to give it a fair rating. I do remember the deaths were pretty gruesome. Something about... uh, piercings and then hot oil in the face the second installment war zone i think i enjoyed too what's wrong with you sir there's just not movies i there's just not movies i revisit my son was pretty young when they came out he didn't remember much of it but this was uh what got him into liking skulls well that and the pirates of the caribbean your stl connections are samantha mathis wasn't buried which i don't remember so she must have been the girl on the phone right Probably. Yeah, because, you know, that's the only female character I remember, which I believe is also Jason was on that episode. Yes, he was. And Rebecca Romaine, who had a brief cameo in X-Men First Class. I know things will work out and STL will just be on hiatus. There's no way the host with the most will go away. The force is strong with this one, as they say. I look forward to that collaboration on Stand By Me whenever that comes around. No rush. Just take your time and do what you got to do will be here until the next episode time traveling peter so that's it for all the emails sir sweet yep good times thank you guys so much for writing in so let's get into the music spotlight sir For the music spotlight on this one, sir, I figured I'm going to go with, uh, with the broken song from this movie because I, I do love it so much, and uh, it's a good way to end my week because I feel broken. So. <laughs> wow,
2: way to bring things down, Mike.
1: I know, man. But uh, all in all, man, good time. So, uh, sir, why don't you tell the nation? I'm sure they know, but maybe there's we've had a lot of new listeners, so why don't you tell them about all your shows, sir?
2: Well, I do flicks uh, where I just review movies that come out either new or old. And then uh, there's Film and Focus where me and one of my friends talk kind of the inside kind of Hollywood type stuff. Not like tabloid stuff. But we like talking about directors and styles of film and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then what the heck else do I do? Show Me the Winston where me and some friends just hang out and drink beer. And then we have, uh, if you're into TV shows, I do one on Supernatural called The Crossroads and one on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. called The S.H.I.E.L.D. Files.
1: And don't you have a documentary podcast,
2: sir? No, I don't believe so. I don't know. Must be some other guy. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like a weirdo would make that show. Right? Yeah, I also do uh, real films with Jameson, our emailer who drinks too much uh, <laughs> where we review uh, documentary films and it's
1: awesome. Yeah, man, I really enjoy that show. You know, I'm not a big documentary guy, but I, I definitely enjoy listening. Every episode gets me intrigued that, that one guy, the preacher guy that made a movie. What a wacko man. Oh
2: yeah. You got to watch that movie. <laughs> it's crazy. We did not do it justice. The, the crazy just oozes from his pores.
1: Yeah. Now, I do have a question for you. Maybe yep. you might not be able to give me the inside scoop, but I love the retro flicks. It's great. It's good stuff. Dan's really stepping up his game. It's super fun. You guys aren't fighting as much, but I, I do have a question. Are you planning on reviewing The Heavenly Kid or The Wraith on that show, sir?
2: Uh, it's not on the schedule, okay. I don't think.
1: It's okay, sir. I forgive you. I love what you've done so far, man. It's good. We stuff. have a lot of movies to talk about. <laughs> can't do them all well maybe in 2015 you can add that to your list maybe so well sir if people want to write in um, you know to your shows or you know to me they can go to uh, they can write me at stlpodcast@gmail.com. At gmail.com uh, you can go to the website stLpodcast.com you find links to all the shows Facebook Twitter stitcher all that fun stuff um, the next episode, you know, I know for sure you, I, and Jameson are going to do Stand By Me. Uh, I know it's up in the air what day, but we're definitely doing it. And I'm really excited because you read the book, sir. So we're going to get, what, the book perspective and the movie perspective. Is that right? Indeed. Oh, man, can't wait for that. I've never read the book, so I'm real intrigued to hear you, know. you should
2: check it out. It's only a short story. It's in a it's in a book of short stories that Stephen King did called Different Seasons. Oh really? Uh, in that book is also um, They have it's called The Body, if you ever go to look for it. Uh, okay. The short fi- the short story is called The Body. And also in the book, um got here, I'm turning the pages. Awesome. Uh, Rita Hayworth and the, uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption thats obviously the Shawshank redemption was based off that story and two others a apt pupil which was also made into a movie and a story called the breathing method which as far as I know was never made into a movie okay. but if you Go check out Stephen King. His book's called Different Seasons. The Body is what Stand By Me was based
1: off of. So how many pages would you say it probably is?
2: I could look. Let me see here. It goes from page 289 to 437. That's not bad. No, a couple hundred pages.
1: Cool. It's a quick read. Excellent. Excellent. Good times, man. Hey, I do want to clarify something real quick. Now, on your film and focus episode, uh, when you were giving your, you know, your top five of the year so far, excellent list by the way. You know how you were telling the story to Danny about the fun that you were having on 300: uh, Rise of an Empire, which mm-hmm. I, I just rented by the way, so I can't wait to check that out. You know how just the overall experience was just so great for you. That's what really helped make things, you know, your score wise, right? Yep. Well, as you know, I'm the only person on the planet that liked the new Transformers movie. So I I just want to clarify that it's not my favorite movie It's my favorite movie of the year based on fun factor, but Captain America is actually my favorite movie of the year because of the solidness of it. But I had such a fun experience because it was the last day of my vacation. It was a date with my wife. I had a babysitter. It just, there was everything building up to that day was just so good, so much fun. That is what really helped give me just the fun experience and I guess to be able just to ignore everything and just kind of get lost. So I just kind of wanted to clarify my email that i wrote into you guys yeah yeah stop making excuses but it's true it it, the fun factor is just a great day i still stand by my review but i do want to say that it was my favorite movie of the year based on fun factor but actual favorite favorite movie based on just overall solidness is still captain america 2 so that's where i kind of stand i just want to clarify for the record for you guys sure All right, man. Well, uh, I think that is it. And uh, I do, sir, again, want to thank you for uh, coming on. uh, It's been a long time. It's been since EZA, man, since I heard from you.
2: Yeah, it's rough getting our schedules to
1: line up half the time. Uh, It is, man. But we will definitely come together again for Stand By Me. I can't wait for that episode. And, uh, again, you know, it's going to be a – day-by-day thing so i'll let you guys know you know if i plan on doing another episode what it'll be i have no idea if jameson will be on if it'll be a solo thing i don't know the case we shall see that's basically all i can say at this point so so that being said sir thank you so much again for coming on can't wait to talk to you again you guys have a good one take care misunas out see ya